0: Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, as always, I want to thank you for taking time and checking out today's show. When you get the opportunity, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. You can find this podcast episode, all of the previous 400 plus podcast episodes. You can see the most recent blog post, check out Suggested reading. And what's available in the gear store. I want to highlight one thing in particular in the gear store right now. It is the registration for our men's retreat here in Indianapolis once again. Our next men's retreat is September 29th and 30th, 2023, Indianapolis, Indiana. Men, literally all across the globe, are invited for a weekend of worship, food, challenging messages, and opportunities to build strong community. Make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com forward slash Gear. It is the first icon listed in the gear store. Men, it's time for today's conversation. Alright, we're in uh, Exodus 40. We're at the end of Exodus. Now, in fairness, we've jumped some chapters and we'll continue to do that as we move through Leviticus numbers and more than likely Deuteronomy as well. There's certain portions of Leviticus numbers and Deuteronomy that we'll highlight, but until we get to Joshua... You know, we won't be doing chapter, chapter, chapter. I just, um, I don't see that as as within our wheelhouse right now, and I don't think, I don't think that's, um, I just don't think that's what we're going to do. So we're in uh, Exodus forty, which reminds me, that's the uh, that's the code, Exodus forty, all capital letters. If you're going to go to Darkwater Woodwork and save fifteen percent off of your out in the garage. Beard bundle. If you do not have your out in the garage beard bundle, where have you been? I'm assuming you're a new listener, so we'll get to that in a moment. But um, yeah, go there, save 15% off your order. Uh, Doug Cole, Darkwater Woodwork. He, um, man, he's always got something new going on. He's do help, trying to help fight human trafficking. He makes wood. He, he doesn't make wood, he makes things out of wood. It, just a lot, a lot of good stuff there. And as I said, if you're new, go to thepursuitomalienist.com. You're going to find all the Out in the Garage episodes. You can just dig all that and see where we've been going with this. So Exodus 40, it's hard to believe. It's like the last day of school uh, when it comes to uh, the last chapter of the Bible, isn't it? And so uh, what we get here, I'm, just gonna, I'm actually going to go to the very end of Exodus 40. It says, throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Now, what I know from Scripture is, all means all. So, if Moses is right in all, he said, "I'm telling you, every time that thing lifted, we're gone. Every time it settled, we stayed." Could you imagine? You know, you know, your eyes play trick on tricks on you. Like, did I lock the back door? Did I hang that up? Did I turn that off? You think that ever happened with the uh, the cloud? I don't think it did at all. I think God made this unbelievably obvious, right? I bet it was a sight to behold. So this once relatively distant cloud, right, far above them in the wilderness or on Mount Sinai, uh, was now the center of their encampment. Right above the dwelling place was their God who lived, if you will, inside the tabernacle they could see this cloud all times what's a little rainy today doesn't matter wind out of the east doesn't matter doesn't matter what's going on we can see that cloud but you know as great as that cloud is and it's pretty great when you really think about when you put it into you know putting your boots on the ground and imagining walking out of your tent and turning to the left or right or whatever direction you had to go and go "Mm, there it is like, that's got to be just inspiring. Now, we don't have a cloud. We'll, we'll, we'll get in touch on that in a bit. But to have something like that that was just a constant reminder. I'm a believer in that, man. Put, put things in your life that are constant reminders to you. Like, when the very first men's retreat we did, when it was over, the decals that were on the doors. So, if you've come to the retreat, we put some decals on the doors. And they're uh, indicative of the logo that we have that you've seen on social media and such. But... The ones off the doors when I took them down, I thought I don't want to get rid of these things. I mean, they weren't crazy expensive or anything. I just, I don't know. I thought they're kind of cool. Kind of, ba- I'm looking at one right now. It's just kind of basic, black and white. But that that uh, that logo represented more than a retreat. It represented like the worship of grown men. Like it, it represented. An image of what eternity is going to be like. It represented a a large number of addresses that I hope would be impacted in the next 24, 48, 72 hours, depending on the the travel, the men that were, were a part of that retreat. It represents so much more than, hey, we have a logo. Right. And so in my office, actually, I guess I have two of them. I have one behind the door, which nobody hardly ever sees unless the door is closed, which it is right now. I'm in my office. I am not out in the garage. I'm fixing on leaving town uh, for a little bit. So I'm recording a ton of episodes and I'm sick of hearing myself talk, to be honest with you. And, um, and so then to my left, I have another one that's up and I, everyone can see that when you walk in and, but those were reminders. It's important to have reminders. And as wonderful as this cloud is, as great as those reminders are, we have something, everybody who's in Christ gets God living now inside of them, gets the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Paul says this, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, that you are not your own? This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll go to verse 20. For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. As awe, ah, ah, awe, inspiring how awesome that would be to see that cloud. I'd love to have seen it at night. I, I bet it was a, a sight. You know, like when you go through, what is that, Knoxville? And I still don't know what this is, so someone in Knoxville is going to have to tell me what the point of this thing is. Um, I guess I could have Googled it, but I haven't all these years. You go through Knoxville, you got that... That thing, it's tall, and it's like a giant gold ball. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the purpose of it is. But I'm telling you, like when you see it, you you can't help but, you know, stare at it for a bit, right? Don't stare too long because the traffic will get you. But when you look at it, you think, what is that, that? What is that? I have so many questions about that thing, and I know somebody will know what it is. But when you see that, there was no question that God was in that, right? That God had said, I, I will be their God. I'm gonna walk among them and they're gonna be my people. Like God is serious. Like the God of the universe wants to wants to be with us. Every lone wolf, introverted man just shook his head, right? We try to avoid people. Usually we try to avoid people for, you know, several reasons. A few of them have to do with ourselves, but God has nothing to hide. He has no insecurities. He's got no He just He wants to be with us. And this was the really the first god dwelling with his people if you will in community since pre-sin in the garden where god would walk amongst adam and eve and so exodus wraps up with with god being at the center of this community and then leviticus 1 1 will pick up pretty quickly lord talking to, to moses you know he again um there's something to be said when the Lord is speaking to the community, and that's what that's what happens here. This this cloud was representing a, a, a divine presence, constantly visible day in, day out, night in, night out to all Israel. And all those were situated, everyone's situated. I can't fathom what this camp would have been like. I can't imagine what it would have been like to see just thousands of tents Thousands of people roaming around, animals grazing, kids playing, people talking, food getting prepared, whatever. And So even in the remotest corner of the camp, no question, the Lord is among us. Because we we could see right there, there he is. Clouds still hovering there. When that cloud began to lift, it was time to pull up stakes. It was time to wash out the cast iron skillet. It was time to pick up your toys gather your belongings, right? Here we go. No doubt. No doubt. Man, you ever seen like the moon at night, like when it's really hit its stride, you drive and you're like, look, 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 look. You have to tell people to look. If there's people with you, you have to tell them to look. It's the rule. I don't know where I got it. It's just the rule. You say, look at that, man. You you see the size of it. And there's times where you see the moon and it is as if you could almost reach out and touch it. Like, man. And you just look at it and you try to consider what what it what the moon is really like and the illumination of it and the details that you can kind of see in it. You consider a fire, man. You men, you know this. I've been with grown men and you can sit around a fire and you just stare. You just stare at that fire, right? Now, if you got some fire whispers like I have in my camp, i got some fire whispering guys who can keep that thing going, and we've been some places the fire might still be going. They did it, so I'm just kidding. It's not still going. You fire guys got nervous. But you get my point. Like you get guys that get a good fire going. You just watch it like a television, right? You can watch it all the way down to the embers and not say a word. I wonder if there were times that people would just go out and watch it. Like, I wonder if you just stood in awe of God's presence. God was going to make it very clear his presence was there, and regardless of your physical location, regardless of where your tent was located in the camp, you cannot deny it. And here's the other part. Don't make this about us. All the other nations would notice. All the other nations were supposed to notice. You see, that's what God is doing here. When you look at the story of Exodus and you read these 40 chapters, this book begins with captivity and ends literally with God's presence. It begins with a community of slaves who are good at making bricks and making babies. And it ends with a nation. I mean, Exodus begins with someone who doesn't. No God and, and a people who have not heard from him in a really long time. And this book ends in 40 chapters later with people who are now learning to walk in his precepts and all the other nations would take notice. Exodus has incredible victories. You see the image of freedom from slavery, you you see uh, people crossing the Red Sea when they were convinced their lives are going to be taken from them. You see the Ten Commandments twice. You see uh, where Moses you know breaks it. You know uh, it, it has great tragedies like you know the golden calf or people blaming God and Moses and those who tried to claim a little more manna you know just to put a little more in the storehouse than they were supposed to because they they lacked faith. This is a book of of people learning to love God. And realizing that God's glory would be on display whether they acknowledged it or not. You realize that today. God's glory is still on display whether you acknowledge it or not. You say, I'm having a bad day. I'm just going to stay inside. I'm going to pout. I'm going to live in video game land. I'm going to lay on the couch and watch something on Amazon Prime or Hulu or whatever. Oh, man, just just turn that turn that junk off. Get outside. Knock it off. Get Cancel the pity party. Go outside. Watch the wind blow. Listen to the grass grow. Watch the birds. Like just get get beyond yourself. Get beyond God's glory is on display. Get off the couch. No question throughout this book, God is in full control. And it's almost like he enjoys showing you that he's in full control. When his glory is on display, it's undisputed. <laughs> Pharaoh. That's cute. Pharaoh thought he was running a show, right? Uh, he got his magicians to come in, they do a couple tricks and whatever, but uh then it was Pharaoh's magicians that said, This is nothing else but the finger of God. You got Moses meeting with uh God and his face shining so much that people said, You gotta cover that thing up. We gotta put something over it. We 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 can't even be around it. You got God just like when he when his glory was on display, when this cloud would show up. When things began to rumble, it would cause people to just tremble in fear and eventually start to worship. For Israel, the old way of living was gone. God was teaching them a radically new way to live and worship. And what Exodus does, it shows you and I a mirrored image of ourselves, how fickle we are. I love to tell you what you need to do and this, that, and the other. And the Holy Spirit says, you might want to get that squared away too. You might want to get that squared away. You can be awfully fickle too. You can get funky. You can get down. You can start blaming other. You do. You can Jarrett. You can do everything that you see the nation of Israel doing. That's right. That's right. How quick I am to blame. Got to end that. You got to quit that. It's times that nation of Israel will say it's too hard. I'm just going to go back. I don't know where you're at with it's too hard to go back. See, when things get too hard for me, I don't necessarily want to go back. There's nothing in my life that I say I want to go back. Nothing. But what I tend to do is kind of shut it down. Say I'm going to disappear for a bit. I'm going to take a reprieve. I'm going to go off the grid. Anybody else do that? I'm going to just kind of go away. Well, nothing good happens when you do that. Nothing good will ever happen when you're looking over your shoulder at the past. Nothing good will ever happen when you try to close the door of your tent and dig a hole and pretend like you're not there. Nothing good happens. I believe in reset. I believe in getting away. I believe in going off the grid. I believe in all those things. But I'm telling you, over an extended period of time, absolutely nothing good happens. God is telling them, Israel, this is who you are now. This is, this is this is who the nation of Israel is now. They're not slaves no more. That narrative is over. This is now what we do. That's over. This is what we do. Now, <laughs> hear this. There were still plenty in that group who said, no, we don't want to do the new thing. We liked the old thing. Well, many of them died, or as you're going to find out as you go through this, we're just waiting on them to die you know, the spies go and they're going to give the report and ten, 10, 10, guys got the whole crew stirred up. God said, that's fine. I'll wait for this generation to die before we, we go in there, man. I would never want to be the guy that, uh, God was just riding out the time till I died before he blessed, you know, my family or church. I would never want to be that guy. There are too many guys who are comfortable just making bricks. There's too many guys have given the option to say, nah, I think I'll just stay here. At least I already know this. Known misery, right? That's what you know. At least I know what I'm getting. At least I know where I can find the materials to make bricks. But I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And setting up tents and wandering across the desert floor and all that stuff, man, it just seems like too much work. I got to tell you, and you could say, well, that doesn't sound very Christian-like. And that's okay. There's a point in your life where you got to fish or cut bait. There's a point in your life that you you just can't drag people behind no more. There are some people that will always be content with making bricks. And you say, I'm not making bricks. God has given me the option to live in relationship with Him. God has given me the option that while I have to do hard things, what I'm going to receive and what I'm going to experience is far better than sitting on a stool making bricks in misery. But there are people content with just staying where they're at. I just believe at some point you say, all right, I'll send you a postcard. I had lunch with a guy a number of years ago who was telling me a story about that. He basically had a friend who was kind of like, here's where I'm going love for you to come with me. If not, see you later. Not a little trip. He wasn't going to like Paris or anything. He's like, here's where I'm going, man. I'm going to be, I'm hustle, grit, whatever, whatever his thing. I don't remember what it was. And he and he just was really upset about that. I don't know what to tell you. I, I really don't. Because if you look at the story here in, in the book of Exodus, God says, we are about to get real uncomfortable. You're going to experience some hard things, but you are going to experience some Awesome things. Where does awesome come from? God. We've put it on other things. That team was awesome. That play was awesome. That food was awesome. I'll tell you right now, there's only one thing that's awesome. That's God. God said, you're going to experience one thing and one thing only, and that's me. I'm going to provide your food. I'm going to provide your shelter. I'm going to provide you the rules and regulations to your worship, how you're going to treat people day in, day out, how you're going to live, how you're going to function. I'm going to give you everything you need to know and everything you need to be. What I want from you is obedience, and I want you to cultivate community amongst one another. And some people said, "Now we don't want to do that. I get it. I'm going to end with this. One of my favorite verses, I say it all the time, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. I am no longer a brickmaker. I am no longer sitting on a stool commiserating about, well, at least I get some food, but I'm a slave to making bricks. Uh, I don't do that. The life I now live in the flesh. Physically, it looks kind of similar to the old life, doesn't it? No. The life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God, which means that's, that's Jesus. I live by faith in Jesus, so I'm not sitting on a stool just commiserating and saying, well, at least I know unknown known misery is better than unknown whatever. Nope. Uh, God who loves me and he gave himself for me. This is, this is the verse we often forget. Verse 21. I do not nullify the grace of God. What did a lot of people do when they left Egypt? Nullified the grace of God. how do they do that? They complained, they grumbled, they stirred one another up. Jarrett doesn't do that. Jarrett will not nullify the grace of God. Put your name in there. Don't nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness we were were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Jesus' perfect atoning sacrifice for you was not to save you, clean you, wash you up, and sit you in an Adirondack chair. It's as if he said, Welcome. Get your sword and get to the front line. We got some work to do there are people in your life who need you to get this right. Don't try to go back and make bricks. Once again, men, I want to thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. Now, one more thing before you go, I want to encourage you, would you consider joining The Herd? The Herd is a $5 a month monthly subscription to The Pursuit of Manliness. These men who are in The Herd They not only get bonus podcast content, but they're also a part of a community that has ongoing conversations, monthly Zoom calls, and more. For just $5 a month, you can help keep this ministry moving forward. You can also gather with like-minded brothers across the globe. Men, Thanks for listening, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.